Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading episode 15 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Since this is a comic book-themed episode, I thought it would be appropriate to tell you, if you weren't already aware, last Wednesday, uh, which was June 3rd, the new DC Comics Bizarro was released, uh, written by good friend of Mark and mine, Heath Corson. Uh, it's a really great comic. It's been getting great reviews across the board. So if you haven't had a chance to go to your local comic shop and pick one up, I suggest you do it. Or if you want to go, uh, to wherever you read your DC comics online, do that. But, but support the comic and support Heath Corson, um, and support good work in the comics industry. We really appreciate it. Speaking of comics, have you read the Beyond Belief and Sparks Nevada comic books put out by Masters Ben Acker and Ben Blacker? You can get those in comic book shops too. Multiple issues by this point uh, with more issues on the way. Those are put up by Image and they are also available online um, and in many comic book shops. Uh, so please get those. And now, without any further ado, episode 15 of We Got This. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle, once and for all, who's the best Batman? That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Greetings, everybody. Hey, what's up, listeners? Uh, it's Mark and Hal. And we're back in America. And we're back in America. And we were jet lagged for a while, but we, now we were. we're back. Are you still jet lagged a little bit? Uh, you know what? It took several days and one day off of being able to sleep until 11 in the morning. And I was finally done with, uh, done with the jet lag, but it, uh, it, it hit me. Uh, we had just, we had just come from New Zealand. We, uh, I don't know if, uh, for any regular listeners, we actually recorded an episode on the plane. Yes. Um, we were in Auckland, Wellington and Sydney, Australia, and then flew back and it took about three days and then bam, the jet lag hits. And that was pretty much across the whole cast that happened. Yeah. There's, it was weird to come back because we, there, there were, uh, there was a wave of us that came back. Like maybe three, four days after after everybody else. Yeah, the fun people in the cast <laughs> yeah, that the- wanted to do a little extra awesome time yeah. down in Wellington, New Zealand. All the fun ones hung out. And then when we got back, everybody was still tired. And I thought for sure, like, okay, a day or two of jet lag. But it's still – I haven't caught up on sleep yet, but, but yeah. I'm going to get there. You'll get there. Yeah. In the meantime, yes. Let's talk about Batman. Let's talk about Batman, the the caped crusader uh who's been portrayed on in film and and uh, television and in animation, I think since the since the 40s, I think it really? started. With I thought a, with Adam West cereal. was the first uh No, no, as a matter of fact, and I have I have the list here. Um there there was uh, a serial that mm-hmm. was made in the 40s. So the first Batman uh, that I have on my list here is is Lewis Wilson. You know, I do remember this now, now that you're mentioning it. Uh, it was a black and white serial. Yes, and his ears sort of poked out to yeah, the sides. Yeah, he, like he looked more like Catman than Batman. <laughs> yeah. But- um, I would like to say in this episode, let's mm-hmm. keep it strictly to actors who have portrayed Batman uh, and not versions of him in the comic books. Sure. Though I will say the original Batman, uh, carried a submachine gun. Yes, that's right. Which he had is a gun for a fantastic. while. Fantastic. Yes. And he had a holster on his utility belt. Mm-hmm. So that, that Batman, not afraid to kill, but we're, we're here to settle. There, there have been so many different 
actors to play this part, and I think a lot of people have their favorites. Yes, of so, course. So we're here to settle uh, an argument that was actually suggested to us by Uri Kelman, who is a co-worker of mine mm-hmm. at Swagbucks. Cool. Thanks, I've, Uri. I've known him for five years, and for he, he listens to our podcast every week. And every day he comes up to me and asks <laughs> when we're going to do one of the topics he suggested. So, Uri, it's time to shut up. Yeah. You're really bothering Hal in his cubicle. Yeah, it's enough. My cubicle is a sacred place. It's sacrosanct. Filled with toys. So I've seen toys. Hal's cubicle. It looks like Josh Baskin's house from Big. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because I have a trampoline and a bunk bed. Yeah. And it's weird that you can even get work done with that toy piano under your feet the whole time. Well, the music is calming. Oh, for eight hours a day. <laughs> How have I not been murdered by everybody in the workplace? Oh, Lord. I don't know. For other reasons than that, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. I, I provide value, people. So let's talk about Batman. But yes. Um, we'll start with him. Not going to be sh- on our short list, I okay. assume. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, probably going to eliminate the people uh, who, who uh, played him in those serials, although they did a good job. Those mm-hmm. are early incarnations. We... To be honest, everybody who's who's played Batman has done uh has done a serviceable job, especially in the voiceover area. I feel like that's Absolutely. an area where we're gonna sort of cut large swaths of people away. Mm-hmm. And this has nothing to do with how talented they are. But uh th- there's really uh, I'm gonna say there's one person who I'm gonna pull out from from the animated world, and okay. that's Kevin Conroy. Who probably has played Batman more than any other actor. Absolutely. So he, he did the animated he series. He has said more words as Batman than any other actor has. Yeah. Regardless who, who, who has seen more of a particular Batman. And I will say we will, uh, immediately eliminate any Batman that has not aired yet. Sure. There are, there are other, uh, other actors set to play Batman. They have not aired yet, so we will not talk about them. Some of whom we like very much. Yes. Would probably be the runaway favorite. Absolutely. But it's unreleased. <laughs> and I'm also going to remove myself because the superhero I play is much cooler than Batman. Which so superhero is that? So it's not even fair. It's Philip Fathom, the deep sea detective. I'm not Hold familiar. Hold for applause. There it is. See, those crickets love Philip Fathom. <laughs> okay. No, Philip Fathom is great. Come yes. on, Hal. Yes. The underwater Batman. Um, so we're going to so eliminate that as well. Should we go chronologically? Let's, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's, okay. so, so we'll start with Adam West. Oh, Adam West is, Adam West is up there. Adam West to me is, he defined a version of Batman that is so much fun at a time when Batman was a comic book for kids. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He was right in the heart of Silver Age. That, that series I think was like 66, 67, and maybe 68. I think, I think that's. It ran that, for a, a brief moment. Yeah, like but a two glorious or three years. Moment. But I remember super it campy. Ever, every Saturday morning it was on in my hometown. They would play it every Saturday morning and mm-hmm. I would love to watch the old episodes with. It holds Egghead up. Egghead and, uh. Vincent Price's Egghead. Oh, Vincent Price's Egghead. Batman, I'm coming after you. <laughs> that's, that's why Vincent Price. I feel like that one was, I mean, it's the campy Batman. It's, yeah. were the comic books at that time, again, I'm not a huge comic book mm-hmm. guy. At the, were the comic books at that time as campy as the television series was? As as campy, no. But definitely, like you said, Batman was a comic for kids then. Mm-hmm. In the Silver Age, uh, the the DC characters in particular, a lot of them had relaunched, and they were they were much more softened. So um, it, it, he he wasn't the dark brooding character. He he could have mm-hmm. been, for all intents and purposes, any other superhero that DC had at that time. 
Um, he just wore the bat suit and fought the Joker and the Penguin. But it, but it, there's, there's a charm to those comics. Sure. They're really fun to read and comforting. I like the idea that all of the superheroes around that time were the same. They just <laughs> each were delegated certain villains. <laughs> like, all right, Superman, you're fighting Lex Luthor because you're over in Metropolis. Batman, you're in Gotham City, which re- weirdly look like the same city. Yes. Um, you go fight these bad guys. Yeah, it was like Hill Street Blues. They all sat in the room <laughs> together. All right, everybody, be careful out there. Flash, don't run too fast. Aquaman, <laughs> remember to come up to the surface and breathe. Aquaman shouldn't have to be reminded of that. He shouldn't, but he just gets so into his job. Oh, man. He's, he's so that good cop. at it. He's that cop, yeah. <laughs> so, we have to go, look, Barry, we got our guy already. Lay him off. Lay off him. <laughs> no, I need more information. I gotta get Sheila back. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the the show did reflect in a certain way the comic, but it mm-hmm. also was like it's so sixties, and it's a great it like honestly that performance is I think an underrated performance. He's Adam West is not a bad actor. No, he's Adam not. A, West he's is, not like William Shatner. Like like he he's not in that mold. Well, he knows that what he is doing is campy. I feel like yeah. William Shatner never quite realized that he was the butt of jokes. Yes. Uh, until and later. For the Star Trek fans, uh, I'm not saying that William Shatner was bad as Captain Kirk. No, um, of course not. But, uh, Adam West had a certain, there was a certain wink to it that wasn't obvious. His wink was hidden inside as an actor who's doing a good job saying ridiculous things. Yes. When he asks in the, in the Batman movie, which was a brilliant Batman movie, yes. the one that they made back in the sixties with all of the television actors. Yeah. When he asks for the shark repellent bat spray, you really believe that Batman needs yes. his shark repellent bat spray because he has a terrifying styrofoam shark attached to his leg. Just like in real life, he plays it to the hilt. And when yeah. he's, when he's running around with that giant, uh, turn of the century bomb with a wick <laughs> and is trying to dispose of it. You, you feel his sense of urgency. Yeah. But he does like, it's hard to do camp because a lot of the times you, the, the mistake you can make is going overboard with it instead sure. of playing it straight. Commenting on it, it while straight. you're doing it. Yeah. Which he doesn't do at all. No. And he's, uh, he is an excellent, excellent Batman. He is. Um, so, so then let's fast forward. How far? We're, we're going to fast 2019. Forward. Yeah, the year's 2019. The yes. replicants have Haley taken Joel over. Haley Joel Osment is playing Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing a great job. He got in shape. Sure. He gets it. He gets it. He's a great actor. We've already seen that since he was a child. Oh, yeah. He and did that movie with uh, those two old men. The TNT movie. He was in something else, too, wasn't he? <laughs> the TNT movie? Yeah. The one with the lions? Uh, yeah, Secondhand like lions? Secondhand lions. With Thank Michael Caine and... Uh, Another old person. Robert Duvall, maybe? Oh, he and Michael Caine are going to team back up. That's great. As Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael Caine is also playing Batman oh. from another timeline. It's a weird movie. I, I don't think it's going to do well. But w- let's go back uh 30 years before that. What do you okay. say? Um, 1989. 1989. Ooh, ooh, can I guess which one you're talking about? Go ahead and guess. Mark? Is it Michael Keaton? It's Michael Keaton. Oh, what a great Batman. He, he was, here's the thing. I, I love him as Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I love him as Batman. Really? Because he's Mr. Mom. 
Is that so? His body of work as an actor is getting in the way of you believing that he is Batman. I just, you know, physically he doesn't seem like in, as Bruce Wayne. He's in a tuxedo, but he looks like an average sized guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't need him to look like he is in in animation where he's like a huge like. Oh, that billionaire sure is in really good shape. <laughs> but I didn't buy physically that he'd be Batman. Like the suit is obviously. Fake musculature. Sure. I have one of those that I wear under my clothes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's, you look buff. Thanks, but, man. But you I know, know it's it not is, real. It's spanks with some socks that I glued to them. <laughs> Which is the same material they used to make the suit for the 1989 yeah. Batman. Um, I, that's interesting. I really do. I would agree with you. I love his Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, to jump forward just for comparison's sake, I love Christian Bale's Batman. But I feel like his Bruce Wayne, if I could, if I could party on a yacht with either Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne or Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne. Right. Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne seems a little too entourage for me. Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne is like, this guy is interesting. <laughs> well, it, I'm curious what he has to say about the world. It was weird that Batman was hanging out with Turtle. So yeah. that way it was very much like entourage. <laughs> Ari Gold kept, uh, he was down in the Batcave going, Lord! Um, but, <laughs> All right, we can't go any further into into Batman. We're, we're already into Michael Keaton and Christian Bale. We should talk about the Batman voice that they both do. Yes. Because Christian Bale gets panned. Specifically in The Dark Knight is where it really picks up, him mm-hmm. doing that, that, oh, me, I'm Batman. Like, Batman is... Well, is... I can forgive that voice, though, because mm-hmm. I was initially, I was, I was not cynical. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh not on board with that voice. Sure. Uh, but then someone pointed out to me, a friend of mine said, yeah, it's because he doesn't want people to know that he's Bruce Wayne, so he can't have Bruce Wayne's voice. He has to find a way to disguise his voice. I get it. And he's trying to be scary. Sure. But it, but it does come off like he's trying a little hard. And it, and it's, it's not as distracting for me in the, in the Dark Knight as it is in the Dark Knight Rises. Because mm-hmm. by then it just feels like, he knows, he just doesn't care. Like, <laughs> come on. Sure. Dude, take a breath. I know how hard it's it is. Horrifying to do that ghost voice. Garrison Keeler at that point. <laughs> like, we'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> that also is a great impression, uh, that breathing of, we took a tour when we were in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> we went to Hobbiton and we went to, uh, to the Waitomo glowworm caves and we, we got, uh, enough of us, Chipped in on this tour that we were able to get our own bus. And our bus driver had a mic that he would use to speak with us. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is what it sound, sounded like when he, uh, when he would talk. He would get on and go. <sighs> on the right is Rangitoto, which is <laughs> active volcano. It, uh, <sighs> The call is coming from inside the bus. <laughs> that's exactly that is exactly it. That's the last sound you, uh, you hear before the trunk lid closes on you. Yeah, he was also a giant man with no hair anywhere on his head or body who would stare at you for too long before saying a sentence, and also after saying a sentence. But a lovely gentleman, a yeah. really nice guy, just had his idiosyncrasies. Yes, absolutely, and his one- terrifying idiosyncrasies. At one point, he pulled the the bus over in a, in, in a residential zone and <laughs> didn't say anything just got his I, he might have said like excuse me for a moment and he got off the bus and then three minutes later got on the bus and then we left and nobody spoke of it 
There was no description of what he was up to. He could I do be a Batman like that, villain. I do feel like that that bus got a little heavier. Like while he was off the bus, I felt the weight in the cargo hold drop a little bit, and mm-hmm. then he got back on the bus and never mentioned it and just kept going. Yeah, it was really weird. And also, mm-hmm. uh, he had like a residue on his hands. Yeah, I thought he maybe put on some powdered gloves because he does, he you know he just doesn't like being in nature. But sure, who who knows? Yeah, we, we'll never know what it is. We're not Batman. No, we can't we can't be d- the detectives of this. Maybe he's a Batman villain, and maybe he is a Batman. <laughs> Of the Long Island Batmans? Oh, I love the Batmans. What a family. <laughs> Bruce, come to the dinner table. Yeah, Stop hanging how, upside down. If they're gonna, if they're gonna change the Incredible Hulk's name, uh, in the television series from Bruce Banner to David Banner. Yeah. Uh, because they thought the, that the name Bruce sounded too feminine. Did they not Is that realize the truth? that? Is yeah, that, I did that, not that's know absolutely that. Absolutely, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, did they not realize that Bruce Wayne is freaking Batman? Yeah, it's got to be the manliest name yeah. that there is. It's as manly as a name gets. So what about Bruce Lee? Yeah, there have been some real badass Bruces. Yeah, the, ba- Bruce is uh, Bruce Valanche. Yeah. Uh, exactly. The he's manliest. A badass. He's a badass. He's a badass joke writer. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Who so, looks like Sally Jesse Raphael? <laughs> With my, the No Country for Old Men haircut. He was my first celebrity sighting. Was he really? In Los Angeles. And to me, he looked like a cross between one of the Fraggles and Madam Trash Heap from the Fraggles. <laughs> this is the second episode where Madam Trash Heap has come I up. love Madam Trash Heap. She's I will... a fascinating television character. We could do a whole episode just about the virtues <laughs> of Madam Trash Heap if there were anything to debate. There, there is isn't. not. No, there's no, She's there's no point of debate. She is a perfect being. All right. So, so you're going to go on record as saying that the, the Batman voice, quote unquote, which they both do. Yes. Uh, Michael Keaton to less of an extent. He doesn't mm-hmm. really speak as much as Batman. Right. Um, but he still does. He still drops down for, I'm yeah, Batman. I'm Batman. He's, he whispers at people. Yeah. So, so you're going to go on, on record as saying they, that, that doesn't bother you. I will go on record saying it doesn't bother me because it is an affectation for a reason. Okay. So, so then let's run through the movie Batman. We're, okay. And we're, we're also, because we're not dealing with unreleased, uh, Batman. We're not going to talk about Bat, uh, Ben Affleck either. Right. Who I'm sure will be a lot of fun. I'm looking he had forward a, to seeing he what had he does. A, uh, he had a rough run for a little while. He did. But he was able to make fun of himself for that little run. Yep. And then Argo was awesome. So. Yeah. He's, he's an auteur. He, yeah. I, I always like, um. And Gone Girl was great. Yeah. Gone Girl, uh, yeah. He was, he, he's, He's underrated as a performer because everybody thought he was overrated. Mm-hmm. And he's an auteur, so he understands the filmmaking process. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the role. But we're gonna we're gonna cast him aside for now. Okay. So let's go let's go through all of the Tim Burton slash uh Joel Schumacher Batman. Okay. So we went from that, that sort of halfway point between the campiness of uh of the sixties Batman mm-hmm. and the gritty reality of the current Christopher Nolan Batman series. Yes. Would you say that's a fair thing to say? I'd say it definitely I mean, Tim Burton has his own aesthetic, of course, but there was a little bit of dark and grit to it. Yes. But there was also a lot of Tim Burton, like, trees don't really look like that. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, we'll, we're going to put Paul Rubens in as the Penguin's father in Batman yeah. uh, Returns because he's Paul Rubens. Yeah. And he's quirky. Like, he's got a collection. <laughs> like, you know he, like... He has like a, a, a giant wind-up tin robot that serves him breakfast. Oh, and sure. At a bunch of like 1950s magazines that he wears as a robe. I like the idea of that meeting going something like, uh, so Tim, who are you thinking to play, uh, to play Oswald Cobblepot's father? 
uh, I'm thinking about Pee Wee Herman. And everyone at the table just dropping their heads and going, oh, Tim. <laughs> You're the one who's going to bring him back? Here, here's my problem with Tim Burton's Batman movies oh. as a whole. And the, the second one in particular, he spends so much time messing with the Batman canon. And that, that bothers me when a film does that. The, the, the Amazing Spider-Man, the more recent ones with Andrew Garfield did the same thing, which is they took the origin story and switched it around. So in the, in the first, in the 1989 Batman, they make the Joker responsible for, for Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. He's the one who kills. Right. Who killed, spoiler alert. In that movie, if he's you the haven't one who seen kills that movie, the it was 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Get a time machine yeah. and a clue. Okay. <laughs> so in that film, they make the Joker directly responsible, which means Batman can get revenge. And, and ultimately the fact that it was just sort of a no name sort of hood who in the comics was Joe Chill and, and eventually Joe Chill dies without, uh, without Batman being able to really take retribution. He'll never, he'll never get that back. He can't, he can't complete the circle. And he sort of does in, in Batman because he, he gets rid of the Joker. Mm-hmm. I also don't like when they kill villains. Yeah, I don't like the idea of them killing the Joker. I want to be able to see the Joker in more than one movie. Yeah. S- second one, they bring in the Penguin, who's a fine and very interesting villain. More oh, interesting than he's given in in the film. Yes, but also I think Danny DeVito did a better job as the Penguin than Burgess Meredith. Yeah. Burgess Meredith's Penguin was just sort of a dandy that masterminded things. Yes. Uh, the, the cobble pot of, uh, Danny DeVito was a sad, terrifying little man. Yes. But they could have done that without putting him in the makeup. I didn't like them turning him into a freak because he's, that's never what he's been. At least to me, Mm -hmm. he is that dandy, but he's also like the kid who was picked on all the time. And it messed that, that and having like a Mrs. Bates as a mother, Mm-hmm. Kind of twisted into the point where he's just become evil. So he doesn't have to be sympathetic. He doesn't have to have flippers. Yes, he doesn't have to have flippers or weird teeth or eat live fish. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have to be Gollum. No, he doesn't have to be Gollum <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's in the next Batman movie. It's going to be Andy Serkis playing. Uh, I would watch Andy Serkis play the Riddler. Oh my goodness, he would be. I mean, great the, the, the Penguin. He can play everybody. They just put him sure. in a mocap suit and have him switch who he plays. <laughs> Let's talk about Riddlers. Since sure. We're on, since we're on the villains, we're taking a bit of a divergence uh, to the villains. Yes. Um, Jim Carrey was fun. Frank Gorshin is the Riddler. He is the Riddler. Absolutely. He's absolutely the Riddler. He was so great. Um, and I wanted Jim Carrey to be good. I, I'm, I, I love Jim Carrey. I was a huge Jim Carrey fan when mm-hmm. Batman Forever came out. And it sort of gets us into that. But he didn't – Joel Schumacher, I don't think – he, if, if Tim Burton wasn't faithful to the source, source material, then Joel Schumacher really wasn't faithful oh, to the source material. Oh, he put material. nipples on the suit. Yeah, he put nipples on the suit. Um, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face was, was a cartoon. Was terrible. I mean, I understand Batman has been a cartoon many times. Yeah. But yeah, Tommy Lee Jones just didn't, didn't jibe as, uh, as Two-Face. No, Christopher Nolan's version of Two-Face was way better, way and more terrifying. Exactly. Terrifying. Every decision made by the coin. Mm-hmm. Like you get, you got why he had the coin. He used it properly. He obeyed the coin. In, in Batman Forever, he wants to shoot, I, he either wants to shoot Batman or he wants to shoot, um, Dr. Chase Meridian played by Nicole Kidman, I mm-hmm. think. And he flips the coin. And it comes out the, the clean side, which means he's not going to, to, uh, shoot. And he gets frustrated and then flips the coin again. That is not how Two-Face works. No. 
No, friendo. Yeah. It is That's chance. Right. Here comes that compressed air nail gun <laughs> right at your forehead. Because the two Anton Chigurhs of this podcast are coming for you. So, but but that movie. If we ever get a billboard, can that be on it? Yes. Both of us we got the Anton Chigurhs. The two Anton Chigurhs of this show are coming for you. And the podcasting world in general, right? Yeah. That can be us. Yeah. Nobody's claiming to be the Anton Chigurh of podcasts. (laughs) Nobody's claiming to be the Anton Chigurh of anything. No. In fact... uh, Not even the Anton Chigurh of uh, cattle slaughter. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody is claiming that. We're going to take it. It's ours. Um, But Batman Forever gave us Val Kilmer, who who I like better as Batman than than Michael Keaton, but not as much as Bruce Wayne. I, I really preferred Michael Keaton's version to Val Kilmer's version. Yeah, that was more at the time. Now I, I, I mean, he, he, we can safely eliminate him from this conversation and say that the, the apex of his career was playing Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Yes. If you've not seen it, watch it. He was great on his way up though. Nick yes. Rivers in Top Secret is one of the, Brilliant. one of the great comedy characters. Brilliant. Real genius and real great comedy. The thing about Nick Rivers that I loved was the same thing I loved about Adam West in that he played it completely straight. Yes. He played it as if he was Elvis in a spy caper. Yeah. There at no point did he, did he telegraph that it was a, a comedy. And that's what happens when you get a really good actor. That's why Mm -hmm. Leslie Nielsen was so good at at the, at the airplane movies and Naked Gun, Police Squad. If you, if you look at his career up until airplane, he had done all dramas. He was a dramatic actor. He happened to be like a funny guy. Yeah. So he, he came in and, understood to play it straight and that's why airplane it wouldn't have worked if he hadn't done it that way of course so if we can eliminate val kilmer then we can also eliminate george clooney we we have to eliminate we have george to we have to eliminate the joel schumacher ones i think we do I, I i do have a fun batman and robin story Ooh, okay so i went to see that movie i think everybody people filled that theater the first weekend i think mm-hmm. because you every time you're like oh, well batman forever wasn't I, at the time when I saw Batman Forever, I thought it was fantastic because I, I didn't like, I disliked Batman Returns so much that Batman Forever was different. And I liked the, the Riddler a lot. Of, like it had Jim Carrey in it. I really liked Val Kilmer at the time. So mm-hmm. I, I, I almost hypnotized myself into, I remember going home to my father after seeing a show and I was like, this is exactly like, this is, it's like a comic book has come to life. <laughs> Guys, I wasn't always as, uh, as you were always the Supreme Court justice that you are now. No, you have to clerk and work your way up (laughs) through the system. But Um, I can't believe that you didn't like Batman Returns. I thought that was a great movie. I didn't. uh, The Penguin thing just stuck with me. Did not like it. I liked the Penguin and I liked it because of that pathos. Yeah. And I mean, both of the characters had a lot of pathos as wherein, whereas the Joker in the first Tim Burton Batman was, just, you know, pure mayhem and evil. Yes. These two, you could actually relate to. You wanted to love, you, ro- I found myself rooting for Catwoman. That's fair. And in a weird way, rooting for the Penguin. Yes. Um, I still wanted to see Batman win in the end, of course, because they yeah. were doing horrible things. Of course. But I enjoyed that movie and I liked, uh, I liked Michelle Pfeiffer in that. She's fantastic. She's a really sympathetic Catwoman. She's another one who, who's had a, who's quietly had a very strong career, is a mm-hmm. really good performer. And I think I, I, I don't know that it's to a large degree, but I think some people marginalized her because she was good looking. Yeah. She's a, she's, there are a lot of actors that happens to. Yes. Male and female both. Yeah. That are, they're too good looking for their own good and their talents. Yes. Uh, so, 
Okay. Uh, oh, the Batman and Robin story. Yes. So I go to see Batman and, and Robin in the theater opening night, as, mm-hmm. as was my custom back then. And I, I still try to go now when I can. So we're watching the movie. And it's terrible. We all know it's terrible. Nobody thinks this movie is good. Yeah. But, but we're all sort of strapped into it together. So it becomes like, well, I'm, I, well, I'm not going to leave. I paid money for this <laughs> ticket. I at least, I at least owe myself a sitting in a quiet, cool room for an hour and a half. So they, they get to the point where Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman, appears at like a, a bachelorette auction and she uses her, uh, she uses her toxic mist to make Batman and Robin fall in love with her rather than stop her. So they start bidding on her like million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars. And then Batman <laughs> says some crazy amount and pulls out, um, an American Express card with the bat symbol on it. <laughs> At which point I hear to over my right shoulder, I'm out of here. And a guy stands up and walks out of the theater. <laughs> that whole thing was, it was yeah. like, there, that was, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. There had to be psychology students up in the projector booth going like, all right, at uh, at thirty five minutes, <laughs> subject said, "I'm out of here," and let stood up and exited the theater. Like they just most surprising is that everyone else stayed through the rest of the movie. <laughs> there was a moment of like, should we go? Maybe we should all go. But I, but I really was like, I'm gonna finish this out. Do you at this have point. you walked out of movies before? I've walked out of one movie in my life. Really? What movie was it? It was the 1991 Sylvester Stallone John Landis collaboration, Oscar. Really? Yes. You just couldn't handle it. It was so bad. I was 14 years old. I went with some friends of mine who, who I'm still friends with to this day. We walked out together. It was so bad. And then we weren't scheduled to be picked up by, I think, my mom or dad for a while. So we walked. Over the course of 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour. It was worth it just to not be in there watching that yeah. movie. Dark roads with no sidewalk, but we knew where we were going. We knew how to get there. Sure. We walked back to my house. Isn't it great that the least likely movie to win an Oscar is called Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> it should have just, the poster should have just been the Ghostbusters round circle with a line through Over it. Over the word Oscar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I have, uh, I've walked out of one movie as well. Okay. Um, and I, it was, uh, it was the second Jurassic Park movie. Okay. Uh, the Lost World? The Lost World. Mm-hmm. I just was not feeling it. That's and fair. I felt guilty walking out of it. Why? And I haven't walked out of a movie since. Why did you feel guilty? Because I thought to myself, as silly as it sounds, look, a lot of people worked really hard on this. <laughs> like I was at a high school play. You know what I mean? Like you became your own mother for a second. Yes. Look, some, you know what? These boys and girls worked really hard. I don't know why my mother has that voice. I've met your mother. She doesn't sound like that. She doesn't sound like that. My mother has a bit of a Southern drawl and she sounds like this. There she is. (laughs) Um, that's my, that's my mother's voice. Yes. Um, yeah. And as an actor, I, I have been in plays where at intermission or after intermission, you come back out for act two and there are fewer people in the audience than there were in act one. Yeah. And it's really disheartening. Not that the people on the screen could see me get up and leave, but. They actually saw, um, I actually saw a play yeah. that, uh, a Batman starred in and everyone else I was with got up and left at intermission. And I thought, nope, I've been in this position before. I'm not going to get up. It was Val Kilmer in the 10 commandments. Oh, 
And there was a scene late in act two where after Moses had parted the Red Sea and he and Pharaoh had completely separated. Yeah. They did a scene in the same room together. Yes. A duet like you do. Yes. Uh, two characters that were never going to see each other again. And they, uh, <laughs> at the end of this song, uh, Pharaoh turned to Batman and said, well, Moses and said, Moses, you're right. Your God. And he pointed is the God. And he gave a thumbs up and oh. I went, Oh my God, audibly really loud in the theater. <laughs> I, I, I could not help myself. And I so wish that my buddies hadn't left, uh, <laughs> so that they could have seen that amazing theatrical moment oh in the whole play was Val Kilmer walking around the stage, reading his lines off of pieces of the set. Oh boy. He, he learned so much from Brando. Didn't yeah. He? he really did. On the he island Brando'd. of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Um, so, to digress from Batman for a second. Yes. Um, now to get back to Batman. Yes, let's get to So Christian we've eliminated, Bale. we've eliminated, um, the Joel Schumacher Batman. Yes. For nipples alone. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to Christian Bale. Let's what get to think? Christian Bale. Um, I, I, I'm torn. I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies mm-hmm. and I hate the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And really? the, the reason why I hate them has, has more to do with, with my desire to see a connected universe. And they just gave him that character and he, he painted it into a corner. Mm-hmm. How, but that's not really what we're talking about. We're not talking about the films. We're talking about the, the portrayal, his portrayal of Batman, which, which I liked a lot. He was the first guy for me who came along where I went, I buy him as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I buy him as Batman. Like he's in yes. shape. I will say, I did say earlier that I would rather hang out with Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But there is something compelling about Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne in that you, he spends so much time in the movies as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. working through things and his serious angst that he's got going on. Yeah. Um, I felt like that was the most, uh, along with Michael Keaton, that was the most real portrayal of that character. Yes. Of a human being. I just thought it was a real portrayal. I just thought he was an unpleasant person. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to spend time with the actual Bruce Wayne. And right. when you don't see enough of him, I wish I'd seen a little bit more of, of his public persona, Bruce Wayne. So like the Playboy stuff that he had to put on, because mm-hmm. when he does it, it's hilarious. Him buying the restaurant um, in the Dark Knight. Uh, I think it's in the Dark Knight. Yeah. He crashes his Lamborghini. And pretends he was trying to make a light. Um, he's asleep during the board meetings. Like, he presents his Bruce Wayne as a screw-up instead of, like, he's a Playboy screw-up. Right. Which um, is fun. Yeah, which is fun. So I, I like that. And and his Batman is is pretty decent. Vo- voice, not even voice aside. The, vo- the voice is part of it. He made a choice. He stuck with it. Um, it, either, it either works for you or it doesn't. Okay. I think. Uh, it, yeah, it worked for me. It didn't okay. bother me. Um, so then I, I think right now it's a, let's call it a four horse race. Okay. And we and haven't talked about one of the Adam horses. Adam West, Michael Keaton, uh, Christian Bale, and the voice of Batman. Yes. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. I, I will say, I there will have been some there, great voice actors that have played Batman. Absolutely great voice actors. Dietrich some, Bader was good. Dietrich Bader was great. Jeremy Sisto did Batman, uh, I think once or twice and was, it was mm-hmm. very good. So everybody who's done it has been, uh, has done a very good job as Batman, but you have Kevin Conroy who is, who has a very unique gravelly, like he just sounds like Batman talking. If you, if you watch John DiMaggio's documentary, <laughs> yes. I know that voice, which is a fantastic and fascinating 
documentary that I suggest you watch immediately. If only for the Ed Asner introduction moment. Yes. After you watch this movie, you will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, please watch it. Um, but when Kevin Conroy speaks, you listen to him Hi, and go, I'm Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Are we talking about uh, voiceover jobs? Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, weird. He's like, he's like, I remember it was after September 11th. And I was at a food shelter. And you're like, <laughs> Batman was at a food shelter? I can't, like, he, he just, and, and to look at him, he, because he's a voice actor, he doesn't have to look like Batman. No, he can look like an accountant. But you close your eyes and Batman is right in front of you. Talk about the difference between his Bruce Wayne and Batman, how he differentiates. It's really subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a little bit darker because he already has that voice. He's a little bit lighter when he's Bruce Wayne. And then when he's Batman, he goes to the dark part of his voice, but he's not putting it on. So it's, it's almost like he, I would, I would say that his portrayal of Bruce Wayne slash Batman is on par with Christopher Reeve's portrayal of Clark Kent and uh, Superman in the Superman motion picture and Superman two. Yeah. But in those movies, I don't buy that people wouldn't recognize Superman and Clark Kent as the same person in the same way that right. I don't know that I buy that people wouldn't recognize the voice of Batman being the voice of Bruce Wayne. I, I would urge you, we don't have time to do it now, obviously, I would urge you to go back and watch Superman the motion picture again, mm-hmm. and you'll see that th- there's no way to, to ever fully believe it, but he's Christopher Reeve is playing two distinct characters and it's so well done that's true it's slightly like he has a stutter as clark kent um so so the bruce wayne stuff is like he's just a regular guy and this is his voice and then when he becomes batman the darker part of him comes out mm-hmm. so you're you it, it works you just buy it and you have the visuals he's doing he's putting that performance on without the benefit of being able to you being able to see what he's doing he's obviously you know any voice actor throws themselves physically into what they're doing but now it, but can you can you give all the credit for his batman portrayal then to him because it's tough if you mm-hmm. it's tough he's in a he's fighting an uphill battle uh, as the only voice actor in this four horse race. Yes. Because we've never seen his eyes as Batman. No. We've never seen what his face is doing. We've never seen him physically command presence as Batman. All of that is done by animators and went to varying degrees of success. Sure. The voice is, it's undeniable that the voice is successful, but art is the artistry that is, uh, that that voice is coming out of is that because you, you you're crafting a whole Batman, you're have to, crafting a whole picture. I agree between the art and the actor. Yes. Whereas the other three are responsible for the entirety of Batman. Well, aside from the costume, aside from the costume and how it's lit and the general and the general aesthetic. So we have four very different Batman, one completely mm-hmm. drawn. Then, if you were going by looks alone, mm-hmm. you probably would have to go with Christian Bale, probably the best sure. bat suit. He has the chiseled jaw. He looks like Batman. Uh, Adam West's great performance had a paunch. Yeah. Uh, and a satin suit. And a satin suit. So did not look, did not look like Batman like you would expect. No one would look. be scared of, uh, of Adam West if yeah. he showed up in a parking garage while you were doing a drug deal. Yeah. And. Which I don't think they ever did drug deals. It was like, I'm importing these strange vines that yeah. will take over the town. It was never like, it was never realis- realistic never, stuff. Yeah, never straight up like, I have LSD. Um, <laughs> but if, if, and then the Michael Keaton Batman is clearly wearing a rubber suit and mm-hmm. it worked for 1989, but to look at it now, it looks completely fake. 
Uh, whereas the, the Dark Knight stuff looks like functional kind of armor that you might put together. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a super genius, you would know how to mix chainmail and classic armor techniques with yeah. uh, new polymers and, you know. Yeah. You see them in, in Batman Begins source the suit out. They figure mm-hmm. out how to do it and then they work with, uh, he works with Lucius Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to sort of make the armor better and figure out how to, so the brilliant the Morgan Freeman, the brilliant, Morgan I remember Freeman. the first time I ever met <laughs> Bruce Wayne. He crawled through eight miles, a stinking bat. <laughs> um, but so, so visually they're all different. Visually mm-hmm. Christian Bale wins. Yes. However, close your eyes and, and tell me who's Batman. Just, just hearing them each speak. I still, I still go with Michael Keaton. You go with Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. You think his, his Bruce Wayne and Batman is better than Kevin Conroy's. Are you, oh, that, that was what you were aiming for with your, your, well, I want you just to, the voice. I want you to, yeah, imagine just how they sound. I just did the, I close my eyes. And I think them. Batman and which Batman do I think? Oh no, that was a, I'm, we're, we're, I'm just giving you a different way to look at all it. All right. So we're taking away all the production design, all the, all the art. We're going just on, on the and you know a lot of them when they have the Batman suit on you can't really see what they're doing with their eyes. True, they so, have black makeup over. Yeah, their they eyes. just sort of stand there, not not able to move their necks except for Adam West because he's got a satin suit. Sure. Wh- which one of them, if you hear them and and performance wise too, not just the the timbre of their voice, which one do you buy as Batman? I feel like you want me to say Kevin Conroy. I, I feel like it's the only answer. <laughs> There are so many great Batmans. I feel like Kevin Conroy Batman. is the Batman. Yes. Is it Batmans or Batman? I think it's Batsman. Oh, like Attorney's General? Yeah. Okay. Th- that seems correct. <laughs> I think Kevin Conroy is is the quintessential, is the best Batman in the best version of Batman that's ever been done. Okay. That sounds definitive to me. Do you agree, though? Um do if if I'm doing wait cr- hold on do you hear he's, he's there overhead is the right now the real overhead. Batman is overhead by the way we're in a cavernous room yes which I think actually works sounds like a bat cave yeah we're in the bat cave um, imagine I will you know what what I will join you in this because I'm remembering my pre-algebra yes and I feel like maybe Michael Keaton and Christian Bale's Batman cancel each other out oh. and the one stand out. Of this trio, Adam West being honorable mention. Yes. Um, the st- this, if, if I'm looking at this trio of Batman, the standout, I guess I have to say Kevin Conroy. He's done it more than anyone else. And he's, he's doing everything that the other guys are doing, but just with his voice. But with a caveat of yes. much credit to the artists that drew the Batman that he played. Absolutely. Always a team effort uh, mm-hmm. goes into any performance. Nerds of the world. We have settled this once and for all. It's, it, this is, this is etched in bat stone with a bat chisel and a bat hammer. You've been listening to too much Adam West Batman. You've been bat served. <laughs> you are all on bat notice. The best Batman is Kevin Conroy. Great. So, so there you have it, folks. If you haven't seen the Batman animated series, it is readily available all over. Watch it. If you like, uh, the Batman Arkham Asylum games, 
Guess who you're listening to a lot of the time? Kevin you're Conroy. Listening to Kevin Conroy. Uh, really quickly. Wait. Yes, please. Definitive Joker. Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, or, uh, or, uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, I go Luke Skywalker. I think, I think Mark Hamill, uh, I love Cesar Romero. I love Cesar Romero, as you pointed out. <laughs> he didn't even shave his mustache yes. to play the Joker. <laughs> he, he can't, can't Jack really Nicholson uh, had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. You and I disagree on this one, but this is not, that's not what this episode no. is about. I love As an Heath actor, I am fascinated by Heath Ledger's Joker. The only Joker that ever won an Oscar. Yes. Great portrayal. Fantastic portrayal. Best part of that movie. That, that movie sometimes falls apart upon repeat watching, but he's always crisp and fantastic. There's something iconic about what Mark Hamill did as the Joker. Um, I, I would give it to him, but it's, it's a real close. That's like by a hair. Sure. So, but that's not what we're discussing. No, that's not what we need a definitive answer on. We need a definitive answer on who is the best Batman and the best Batman is Kevin Conroy. Yes. Uh, you heard. If you have other ideas for us to record, uh, we would love to hear them. We will debate them or maybe not debate them. We will hear all sides and discuss them. Yes. And, uh, and we're always, uh, looking for new ideas. Yes. Yeah, send us your topics. We are the, we're, <laughs> we, we are more like a tribunal than we are, uh, than we are opposing attorneys, but we will debate certain sure. points. But we want to hear from you. We want to know what you want us to answer for you. So send us an email at we got this podcast at gmail.com or uh, find us on Twitter at we got this tweets or you can go to facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast and uh, we will give you the answer. Our, our bat sound mixer and masterer is Ken Plume and our bat composer is Jonathan Dinerstein and our bat songwriter is the amazing Mike Furman. That's right. And uh, until next bat time on the same bat podcast, I'm Hal Lublin for Mark Gagliardi. And I'm Mark Gagliardi for Hal Lublin saying, we We bad got got this. We bad got this. We got this.